What's up everyone? This is episode 049. Now, I don't know what I should call this episode. Let's call it Success Factors. 1,2,3,go! Welcome to the Design Your Thinking Podcast, a show where we think, learn, and explore the product mindset so you can design better products every day. And now your host, Karthik. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Design and Thinking Podcast. And this is me, your host, Karthik. Today, we are doing a very different episode. This is the 49th episode on the show. And it's been, you know, it's, it's been a journey, I would say, because we started this two and a half months back and we've been through uh, quite a ride. And thank you so much for being around and listening to the episodes and giving all the good feedback and, of course, the constructive ones that some of you have sent me. And I've tried my best to, you know, bring in the best for you that you can uh, listen to every week. So there have been a lot of, uh, you know, positive feedbacks and there have been some requests in the past. You know, one of them was, can you do lesser shows in a week? Well, at the same time, there have been uh, requests about, um, you know, people wanting and enjoying three different episodes coming every week. So, so yes, this is uh, another experiment. So what I really want to do today is to actually go back. We've spoken to so many guests in the last two and a half months. And I've kind of uh, brought in different kinds of formats, you know, the Focus 40, Topical Zoom and Ferris Wheel, apart from the Friday 15 solo episodes that I've done. And I even tried bringing in two guests in the Friday 15 episodes. So today, what I really want to do is go back, slow down. It's been, we are approaching close to 50 episodes and I just want to take a moment to reflect back and see what each of our guests who've been in the Focus 40 episodes uh, had to say about their successes. So in today's episode, I'd like to bring in some of the views from our guests from the Focus 40 episodes in the last two and a half months and see what really makes them successful. So let's go ahead, uh, jump right into the show. So here's what I'll do. I'll play uh, the response from our guests and then talk about it a little bit uh, and then play the response from another guest and and we'll go with that flow and we'll co- cover as many guests as possible in the next few minutes. So let's begin with Vivek Bedi, who is the head of product at LearnWest. And this is what he had to say about what makes him successful. Let's listen. Yeah, Karthik, I mean, kind of being in big, two small companies and being in the product space for 15 years, the one thing I learned is, you know, and I still kind of instill this trait in a lot of the folks on my team is don't get married to your product, okay? Many times in my career, I've made the mistake of getting too personally vested into a product, having a bias on features, functions, designs that are more relatable to me personally as a user, It's actually the ultimate irony, right, if you think about it, as product managers, in most cases, the products we're building are frankly not even for us to personally use. Um, So it's really important not to get married to your product 
and be have that unbiased opinion. And it's important to remember the clients and their needs and wants and who you're actually building the product for. That's one thing I can say that's just been this soft, successful mantra that I still keep with me after all these years. Don't get married to your products. I think that's a great uh, way to p- uh, put it because this is one thing when uh, I was chatting with Vivek, it resonated with me so much because it reminded me of my past self. Uh, back when I started my first startup, I was so stuck to my product that when I took it to a new customer and they asked for the product to be doing this or that, I, for one, didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. And I was really thinking about myself than thinking about them and what they needed. So again, this is one of the best things I've heard from my guests so far. So stop thinking about your product and stop getting thinking about the problem that is in your mind. Jump into the product or rather jump into your customer's mind and build the product what your customers want and love. All right, so you can uh, check out Vivek Berry's uh, interview in episode 039. So you can head over to designyourthinking.com slash episode 039 and you can listen to more of what Vivek had to share. All right, so let's jump on to our next guest. Our next guest was the first guest I had on the show, episode number one, and that's Ellen Chisa. Let's hear what she had to say. it's always really hard to narrow down on one specific thing. And I think I would say it's probably different for product managers and for makers, but for product managers, I think the biggest one is that you really can't have that much pride. I think it's really tempting to think of it as like this high level sexy role where you're getting to like decide the strategic direction of everything. Uh, But that's not what it is all the time. Sometimes what needs to happen is you need to organize a team event. So everyone's a little bit happier You need to make sure the conference rooms are staying clean. You need to make sure like every work item is on track. And so part of it is really that you can't just have this romanticized ideal of what product is. You have to be willing to do all the day-to-day work that just needs to get done for the company. Well, well, well. So willingness to do anything to make your product and company successful. I think this is one thing that resonated with me so much back in the first episode because I was... was, uh, by the way, the first episode was a little funny because I was a lot nervous uh, talking using this whole microphone and mixer and all those funny things. But then one thing that I really, I mean, one thing that really connected we, me with my guest, which is Ellen in this case, uh, at that point was the points that she was making about right, starting right with her success. Now, talking about the willingness to do anything, this is something I learned not as a product manager, but when I was working at IBM, this is a company that's so big. But one thing that they did, I mean, I, I worked at the software labs and what we did there was do our own stuff. I mean, there was nobody to carry your computers around. Of course, we didn't have laptops back then. So it was all big boxes. So we had to carry those boxes. We had to set up everything for a demo with a customer. There was nobody who's going to come in and do the setup for you. So that was the job that actually made me think that I have to do everything and anything that it takes to win a customer or make something happen. Ellen is the head of product at Lola and you can check out what she had to share in episode one, which is designyourthinking.com slash episode 001. All right, so let's now move on to our next guest, which is 
Boris Krustovic. Now, he is the head of product at um, A Small World, which is a private social network. So, less about that and more about what he had to say. Let's listen. I think that the one thing that each product maker needs to have is, is a deep desire to build great things. You know, you cannot overcome all the obstacles. You cannot do a thing that requires one to be almost schizophrenic, you know, like wearing constantly wearing multiple hats and being constantly in, um, in a mode where you are thinking about really, really low level details and then like one hour Afterwards, you think really about the total big picture and what happens 10 months afterwards or a year and a half afterwards, and then you go back to the little details. So, and you, you simply cannot do that unless you really um, have a great desire to look back three, six, or nine months and be like, wow, you know, we really built something. Something is really taking a shape and it's looking good. And, and to me, and, and that's probably a personal thing because I think that every person, you know, has, has a slightly different or a largely different um, desire behind it. But to me personally, um, the biggest enjoyment comes from the fact when I see people using something and loving something. That's why I'm more, totally more into building consumer-facing products. And in a way, I couldn't find myself ever, um, you know, building, working in, in Oracle or SAP or something like that. I just like building consumer-facing stuff. I like talking to people. I like seeing the way they use something and enjoy using that. So I guess that would be the answer when, when it comes to me. All right, that was Boris Krustovic from A Small World, and he talks about a deep desire to build great things and enjoy you know, seeing people use it and get feedback. Now, I can't tell you how important is this deep desire to the, the to a product maker because no matter what, how good you are, no matter how great you are knowing uh, the tools of product management, I can tell you that if you do not have a deep desire to solve a problem, to solve your customer's problem, to understand your customer's problem, to, to relate to them, to empathize with your customers and end users, you just cannot make great products. Now, there are probably exceptions to this. There are some products out there uh, which can do with less of this quality. But by and large, if you're looking to build great products, especially in the years to come with technologies like IoT and uh, wearables and stuff like that, you definitely need to have and practice this deep desire, as Boris calls it, to build great products. All right, so you can listen to more of what Boris had to share back in episode 003. So you can do that by heading over to designthinking.com slash episode 003. All right, so now let's head over to our next guest, which is Scott Sellhorse. So he was there in episode 40, which is quite recently, and he talks about something interesting. So let's go ahead and listen to it. Uh, if if I were really thinking about one thing at a high level, I think it's about sort of a harnessed curiosity. Uh, you know, I've always been trying to learn everything, but from a product management point of view, if you're if you're really going to succeed, 
you have to switch from an inside-out point of view that I'm building tools, let me go find people who need them, to an outside-in view of recognizing that there are people who have problems and um, we can invent ways to solve them. And then those problems happen in different environments and contexts and industry trends. Your product is competing with competitors. Right? There's, there is an infinite area of discovering the understanding of the world in which your customers uh, would live. And so harnessing your curiosity to learn about adjacent trends, technological development, customer needs, empathy, interface design, competitive moves, strategy at every field of study. So it's harnessing curiosity in order to make sure you stay outside in in your orientation towards being a product person. That was Scott Selhorst, and he talks about curiosity. I think this is one of uh, the most important uh, traits I've seen in a lot of uh, successful product makers. Um, you know, going and it goes well with what Boris had to sh- uh, talk about: deep desire. So this desire mixed with curiosity is something that really you know makes great uh, product makers because you have to have this interest in, in what you're doing, in, in understanding what your customers want. And this curiosity, like Scott talks about, to to go deeper into a lot of things that, you know, uh, involves the making of the product. But one thing I've noticed uh, is not everyone is as curious as Scott is because he's somebody I realized from uh, talking to him earlier to the interview is somebody who's extremely curious and he has a way of doing that. So I asked him a question. How can anyone or one of us try and practice uh, something that you share to make our levels of curiosity high? So here's what Scott had to say when I asked that question. Uh no, I, d- I don't think I have an explicit routine uh, because I've I've always sort of had this element. You know, as, as an only child, I never got bored. I could be sitting on the side of the road and watching a trail of ants move a- across a curb towards an old piece of bubblegum or something and just be fascinated about how the ants could figure it out. You know, did they leave a scent trail? You know, I knew they didn't have good vision. But it didn't matter what it was. If I hadn't seen it before, I, there was something about it I wanted to understand. And uh, and then I think as I got older, it moved into sort of a, a way of thinking about things as analogies. So if I see a pattern that plays out in one environment, how does it play out in another one? You know, you see fractals all throughout nature. You can start to see them in different aspects of business life. Uh, you can think about the long tail of product distribution and how hits are made. I mean, there's there's parallels that that span worldviews. And and my training was in mechanical engineering where we were really shown that even at a mathematical level, there are analogs between uh, mechanical systems and fluid systems and electrical systems that, that all of these patterns are sort of repeating throughout the universe. And so I, I don't know if, if I'm fortunate or if I just accidentally do it without realizing it, but I'm always thinking about how uh, patterns abstract from one domain to another or emerge in something I'm studying. So it's identifying patterns and fractals like uh, Scott talks about. So I really urge you to go and listen to this episode, episode 40, that is. Uh, You can go to designerthinking.com slash episode 040 and you can listen to what Scott, and Scott really geeked out on patterns. So you should definitely give this a listen. So let's now move on to our next guest, which is Nir. 
Now, Nir Elrich is somebody I had early on in the show, and he's someone I really, really got uh, bowled over when I spoke to him because he's somebody I think is uh, a builder. I mean, he's not just a maker, but he can build teams. He can build teams and get them rallying behind his ideas. So, this is what he had to talk about. Let's give it a listen. Good question. So I think that the um, single most important thing that made when I was successful, because I wasn't always, but when I was successful, was uh, the choice of uh, people who worked around me. So I think when I got the right group of talented people around me to, um, to create something, to create a product, to create a business, then it's what succeeded. So uh, I think no matter how uh, talented you think you are, if you don't have the right group of people around you, you will not be able to succeed with your uh, with your product. So people, that's my answer. I think a lot of it is people that you um, meet and um, work with uh, across your path. I mean. I'm at a stage uh, in my career that when I started my uh, my current venture craft, we actually, um, uh, you know, I already knew the people I want to work with. So it was a matter of talking to them and hoping they will join me in my in my quest. Um, and I think it's something the network that you build in time, the people you can trust, the people you can value their opinion, the people you know that complete you. Uh, where you more, you know, and you at the areas that you're uh, not as strong in. Um, so I'm I'm lucky enough to know these people. Um, obviously, there are many techniques to what you should ask, what you should, uh, how you should hire people, and, and and lots of them are good resources. But at the end of the day, if you work with someone that's and you know them, that's the best. Uh, proof you have uh, uh, when a person is, you know, a good match for you. By the way, um, great people are not necessarily the best people for your team because the number one most important thing when you're building a team is chemistry. So you can have the, you know, the most talented UX guy, marketing guy, uh, developer, whatever. But if there's no chemistry, um, it will not work. So. Um, there is some, you know, science to it, what to ask, etc. But it's a lot of experience in people you already work with. And his answer is people. Like I said, I told you, Nir is somebody who is really good with people, and he can really build uh, products by bringing in experts into one room. And he's somebody who's built uh, multiple products over um, his career. So I really urge you uh, check out this episode. This is episode zero zero four, where uh, we had Nir Elrich. Uh, good. It's designyourthinking.com slash episode 004. I really urge you to go and give it a listen because he talks about this in a lot more different things. So Nir is the co-founder of a product called Craft.io. So I also urge you to check out his product and give him some good feedback because this is a very good product and some of the fewer products out there which is for built for product managers. So go ahead and give it a try. All right, let's go on. And uh, I think we have time for one more guest. So let's go ahead and listen to what Susie Prince had to say is her success factor. So Susie is the head of product at ThoughtWorks Studio. So let's give her a listen. 
Um, so I think this is a good question because maybe it will tie up some of those pieces you mentioned in the introduction. So yeah, I do make, um, primarily have spent my time making products for software development teams, um, which one would think is pretty easy as, you know, as a software development team, because that means, you know, you're just the same as your users. Um, but I don't necessarily think that that is the case. So I think one of the things that has uh, made me successful. Uh, one is um, that I am, I do not have a software development background. Um, I actually come, you know, I was trained to, to be a botanist and do biology. And so um, I'm not a software developer by trade. And I think that allows me to have a little bit of a distance um, between some of our users and, you know, actually being that person. And I think that distance allows me to be a little more um, externally focused in getting opinions about what we should do. So that's one aspect of it is like I really value user research and not being the same as my users I think is actually something that um, has made me successful because I'm able to view their needs in a different way than perhaps another software developer would view um, you know, somebody else's requests or desires or needs. The other aspect of that, though, is that um, I sort of embrace the difference. I'm not afraid that um, that is not my training. Um, and I, I really do dive in and try to uh, be part of the, the development team, um, get things done, try things new. Um, should they be like learning, you know, SQL or uh, how to interact with APIs or what a JSON output should look like? Um, I'm never afraid to do those things. Um, so I think, yeah, those two aspects together, one is being different, but also embracing the difference and acknowledging that you're different and trying to like do the things that need to be the things, you know, that you need to get done. Because um, we all know the product manager kind of ends up being like this caretaker role where all the things that didn't get done by everybody else, like buck stops with you. So you need to do them. So I, I'm pretty, I like to do those things. So, yeah. <laughs> that's a nice way to put it, Susie. So it's about being different and acknowledging the differences. I think that's a great way of thinking because most of us uh, come from different backgrounds. Now, these backgrounds can be education and also cultural backgrounds. Now, the I mean, I, I, I could really see how this connects with what Boris had to talk about with desire and Scott had to talk about when it comes to curiosity. Coming from different backgrounds helps us, you know, look, look at things very differently than somebody who's been there looking at it and doing the same thing for many years or months together. So... I think bringing uh, our differences and leveraging them to actually drive our curiosity and also uh, through that developing this deep desire to build products. I think I see a clear connection here. So that's about it for today. We had six different uh, you know, guests who talked about six different things that make them successful as product makers. Now, it, the ball is in your court. What makes you successful? This is a question that's been there in my interview right from the beginning. And my guests have had a fantastic feedback. They've given me great feedback, not just after the recording, but also, you know, I've gotten emails from my guests saying this one question got them thinking about uh, their success more closely and, and more deeply. So think about this. What makes you successful? What is that 
USP? What are your strengths? And how can you leverage those strengths to make you more successful? Think about it and let me know what you think. Now, uh, I really uh, appreciate if you could go ahead and leave a comment and let me know what your success factors are. And also, if you like listening to this kind of an episode, do let me know that you you like it. Or if you don't like it, let me know that you don't like it. So we'll we'll do what's right. And this is just an experimental. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you would take two minutes, I think it takes less than two minutes, just head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review. I'm serious when I ask you this. Please head over to iTunes, leave me a rating and review, and I'll be grateful to you. Do that by heading over to designyourthinking.com slash iTunes. It'll just take you to iTunes. Just leave me a rating and review. I've been getting great feedback from all of you. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I really ask you for spending another less than two minutes to do this one thing for me thank you so much and if you like listening to these episodes and if you liked um, reading the blog articles of the blog go jump on to my newsletter by heading over to designyourthinking.com scroll all the way to the bottom of the page and just click that button right there you will be asked for your email address and first name just do that and i just can't wait to see you in your inbox all right that's all i have for today Till I see you in the next episode, stay tuned, stay inspired, keep pushing, find your success factors. Love you all. Thanks for listening to the Design Your Thinking podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter at www.designyourthinking.com.